ESPN College Football Podcast, hosted by Paul Feinbaum and Matt Barry. Say it ain't so. It is the final edition of the regular season version of the ESPN College Football Podcast. Your tradition, unlike any other, Paul Feinbaum, Matt Barry alongside. This, I have said it over and over and over and over again. Thanksgiving weekend, rivalry weekend is the best that college football has to offer. Paul, I would say that Thursday through Saturday did not disappoint whatsoever. No, it was extraordinary. Uh, you and I were talking off the air about the game you did uh, Friday night with NC State and, and North Carolina, and you know, it was it was like watching one of these events at Madison Square Garden where everyone shows up. I mean, it's just it's an endless stream of of the greatest of all time, and that's what we got. And uh, Matt, we've said it a few times already this year about this season being uh, as as exciting as any that we could have in recent memory. And yesterday was it, and uh, you know, I don't, I'll let you choose where to where to start, but I, I think we probably ought to start in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I, I was I was just going to ask you because there are so many places and games and storylines and angles that we can attack. But let's start with the game in Ann Arbor because we'll, we'll just go. I mean, if we really wanted to start in order, we'd start back at the Egg Bowl, but we're going to start Saturday. And that game, I couldn't help but feel good for Jim Harbaugh. I have said on this podcast numerous times, I've said it on college football final. I've said it in every college football thing that I do, maybe even sports center that I thought Ohio state among all of the teams, when they were clicking, they could be the most difficult to beat. That was part one. Part two. I just didn't think Michigan had the guys to stop them. I was dead wrong. Jim Harbaugh got his coveted win stops the eight game losing streak to the Buckeyes. That was an amazing watch scene and atmosphere. And like I said, I just couldn't help but say, you know what? Good for Jim Harbaugh. And Matt, I'll say the same thing. I, I genuinely felt happy for Jim Harbaugh. I, I, I know what the narrative has been coming out of my mouth, uh, and I appreciate everyone reminding me. But, uh, you know, uh, but I, I genuinely loved what I saw with him. And, and I have to take my hat off to this guy because I, I don't know if there's a major coach in the country that has been pummeled by more people. If, hey, by the way, forget the media. I mean, we're pundits. His own fan base. Mm -hmm. uh, his own administration uh, was on the verge last year of, of, of trying to figure out where, where to go, so they cut his salary. And he took every punch. <laughs> he never said very much. Uh, and he put an absolute masterpiece on the board yesterday. Uh, he made Ryan Day look silly. He made all of us look silly. Uh, he ha he had his team was dominant. They were crushing. They were suffocating, and I I don't know where the national coach of the year will go. Clawson uh, certainly has a shot at it. Others do as well, and and we'll figure it out after next week. But 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 I would have to put him very high on my list of of, of coach of the years because of yeah. You know, not only did he put that on the on the on the board, he exceeded expectations, and he really shut everyone up in the country, including myself. Yeah, you, you were vocal about saying you didn't think Harbaugh was going to beat or have what it takes to beat Ohio State, but you weren't alone because this Michigan team, I said this a number of times on Saturday doing TV, this was the most unheralded of the Michigan teams. This wasn't the one that people were pointing to, ranking in the top five or four to begin the season. I remember you and I 
years back when we were doing those morning sports centers on the weekend. I think I had Michigan in my preseason playoff. Hey, we, this was not the team. Jim Harbaugh was not mouthing off. He wasn't doing all of his stunts. He wasn't going on spring break with Marty Smith in Rome. <laughs> he was just playing football. And I, and you know where I stand on this. I know a lot of people got after me last week for what I said about Dan Mullen and just some other coaches in general. There are times, Mark Stoops at Kentucky, this at Michigan, when you are patient with a coach, when you just sit and wait and see and let it develop and happen, sometimes, and I'll use the caveat, some, sometimes it doesn't, but this is one where it seems to have worked out because they just relaxed. You can't compare yourself to Ohio State, much like if you're in the SEC, you can't compare yourself to Alabama because it's just not fair. But every once in a while, everything will align perfectly. You will have the team that compete. You will have the team that can scheme with someone like Ohio State, which, by the way, the defense took out every star receiver they had, minus Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you're going to get a win. And now, Paul, you think Iowa's going to go in there and beat them in the Big Ten Championship? I don't. Jim Harbaugh has Michigan minus something shocking in Indianapolis in the college football playoff, and it's remarkable. It is. And and I will say, as we watch the season unfold, you, you know, I kept saying to myself, boy, they look pretty good. They're winning tough games. And then when they blew that game against Michigan State, we we all typically overreacted. And then we overreacted again when the committee, you know, with a straight face said, we think Michigan's better. They were right. Oh, they love that uh, too. And whether, you know, whether they should have done or not is irrelevant. <laughs> but, um, I mean, but that that's that's for another year. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think if you're, if you're a hardcore football fan, uh, and I am, I, I, I've come away really admiring and respecting this guy. And, uh yeah, this is who I thought he was when he was hired. He got away from it a little bit. Uh, everyone does, uh, but you know, give Ward Emanuel manual credit. Uh, he stuck with him. Uh, I wouldn't have. Uh, most wouldn't have. Uh, and 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 he he profited as a result. And and he is one of those. And you know, Paul, you know my stance on this. My question is always: Then who are you going to get? And I legitimately believe Ward Manuel went in there and said, "Okay." This is Jim Harbaugh of Michigan football. He's a Bo Schembechler prodigy quarterback kid, eats, sleeps, drinks, milk, steak, and everything that is Michigan football from back in the 80s when he played here. He's taken a team to a Super Bowl. He got Stanford to, to heights they hadn't seen since, maybe a couple of years under Shaw. Who are we going to get if we, if we get rid of this guy? And that side won. And – there were times where people didn't like the way Jim Harbaugh went about his business in public through the media. And I've set, I, I, I sit here this morning. I haven't heard a peep out of him this year. And you know why? Cause he just decided to coach and play football and Michigan's reaping the rewards. So congratulations to them again. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You think Iowa and Spencer Petrus is no, 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 no. <laughs> no. And, uh, and, and, and it will be exciting. Uh, Michigan is, is one of those brand names that need, needed to get to the college football playoff. And, you know, Michigan and anyone is, is a very choice. I want that helmet in the playoff. That helmet needs to find its way in the playoff, and it's going to be fun to watch. The other rivalry game of many 
that we could sit here with this morning. And there's going to be one fan base that is absolutely stunned by the outcome. The Iron Bowl in Auburn. First time in the Iron Bowl's history, 86th meeting between the two, that it goes to overtime. Alabama wins 24-22. I don't want to say four overtimes. It's really not four overtimes. It's penalty kicks at that point once you play your play your two. And Bryce Young stayed strong, stayed tall, and Brian Harson and that team's going to be waking up this morning saying, oh, hell, we let the Iron Bowl get away. Uh, the the shot of him cut walking off the field, uh, rubbing his head, was as classic as, as I've seen all year in college football. I, I saw uh, Harson twice in my weekend in Auburn. I, he, he was on our show Friday, and then we had him on our nation show Saturday morning. He seemed ready. Uh, he was ready uh, until the big moment came, uh, and then he flat out blew it. Uh, he blew it a couple of times, Matt. Uh, he he quit he quit being Brian Harson at the end of the game. I mean, he thought he could run the clock out on Alabama. Uh, he couldn't. He needed to. Uh, yeah, again, you know, everything. You know, Danielson went on ad, ad nauseum uh, about uh, Tang Bigsby, Bigsby not running out of bounds. I mean, he was thrown out of bounds. I mean, it wasn't like you know, he he was. Uh, and he's a big guy, but he was literally tossed out of bounds. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you have to blame him. I'm sure he was coached correctly, but there were, there were a couple other decisions. And, and you know, then on the fourth, I, I think it was the fourth down or third down when they got stuffed. Maybe it was the third down. Yeah, it was. You know, try try something. Uh, I mean, I know your your quarterback's banged up, but you just can't sit there and try to run the ball. Alabama's defense, which has been questionable all year, you know, came came to play in that game. And then finally, you 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 survive. Uh, you, you get to overtime. You score. Go for two. Uh, you've got it. You've got a shot at beating Alabama, and 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 you end the conversation. If you lose, you lose. But uh, his team was gassed. Alabama had had been given uh, uh, a midnight uh, uh, pardon by the governor, and go for it. And if you win it, you win it. Uh, but at least you tried, Paul. I haven't seen, and 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 you are so connected to this rivalry. I was watching as a college football fan. You you you're watching it with legitimate connection to the state. I couldn't think of a time where 10 nothing against Alabama for so long felt so secure. Bryce Young couldn't do a thing. Auburn's defense had him running around. They were dominating Alabama's offensive line. They couldn't do a thing. Now, Alabama lost a player to targeting the best receiver. Uh, Brian Robinson was banged up. There were things and adversity that Bryce Young had to get through. But this game for... Let's call it three quarters and 13 minutes was Auburn's. And we were sitting there watching it. And it was Jesse, Joey, and I in studio. And when it was third and two, and you had just alluded to it a second ago, and they lost four yards on third and two with two minutes around there. Forgive me for not knowing the exact time, but it was around that time. That was the, they, they had the ball to put away Alabama. I looked at Joe, I'm like, Auburn's about to put away Alabama. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't get the yards. And you're right. Get creative there. Do something to get one and a half yards to take down Alabama in your first year as head coach of Auburn and knock the tide out of the playoff. Paul, Paul this is who Alabama is. We saw it against Florida. We saw it against LSU. We saw it against Texas A&M. I think they just had one before that. And then they had one uh, Saturday. They're going to live dangerously. It's who this team is. They did it against Arkansas. You had a chance to take care of business for everyone, and you didn't. 
No, and I'm not saying it was easy to do, but it, objectively, that's what you had to do. You had to start thinking, uh, how do we get a yard? Uh, and and it was just it was insane. And and I, you know, this is this is a guy, as he reminded me uh, in our conversation Friday. He went to College Station a few weeks ago, six and two, mm-hmm. and, contr- and controlled their own destiny. I mean, they, I'm not saying they could have won out. <laughs> Obviously, they they lost out. Uh, and you know, he he has just burned his credibility to a crisp. You think? Well, I'm not, I'm I'm just saying I'm saying that yeah, you'll hit the reset button at the end of the year, but he's not recruiting that well. Um, and you know, you, you can't, I mean, you, he blew the iron ball. I mean, and, and I, I'll, I'll go back to my Alabama roots. Uh, yeah, that is that a like? bad, <laughs> that's a bad way to start your career. I can, I can assure you those who have blown the iron bowl in their first time out and, and there's one or two, and I'm not going to bore you with iron bowl history. You usually have, have had short visits. Yeah. And someone had hit me up last night on social media and they gave me the last three to four games of Auburn and how they have not closed the deal or have been up in certain parts of the game. The one that's inexcusable to me, Iron Bowl would be one, but the Mississippi State collapse is one that I would be incredibly concerned with because there are times, if you look across the country, where my biggest concern, if it were my team, if it was if it were Arizona State, and there's plenty of concerns for them anyway. They beat Arizona, which just makes me sleep better. But I have my own concerns about them. But I would be beside myself if my team consistently couldn't put away opponents. And that, to me, is Brian Harson's biggest issue coming out of year one, is they have proven they've got the ability to hold down Alabama, the potential Heisman Trophy winner for four quarters, but they can't put teams away. And, and that, for those who didn't watch the game, th- this isn't a case of of, a, of of Auburn on the verge of a fluke win. I mean, they they were they were dominating the game as you mentioned. It any number of plays would have won it. And I, I'm I'm trying to think back if, if, if that possession if they had just kneeled every time they would have been in better they they, they may have had a better shot at winning. Uh, but I but I have never seen anyone in college football, at least in recent memory. Uh, have less time and do more with it than 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 Bryce Young. Uh, I mean, he used oh 43 seconds. Uh, I mean, I I ran out of I mean I've I've, run, I've ran out of fingers counting the number of plays that he had in that drive. He had the moment where if you wanted to look because I I think the Heisman Trophy is so screwy this year anyway because of of how we're looking at it. I think C.J. Stroud kind of took himself out of it. Um, but there just hasn't been, I think the best play should be the best player in college football, right? Not the best stats in college football, but I digress. The way that Finn or the way that uh, Bryce hit that pass to Ja'Cory Brooks, which by the way, who the hell is Ja'Cory Brooks? Like of all the receivers, he finds, <laughs> he finds this guy we hadn't really heard of. Forgive me, Alabama. If you, this is a guy that you've been waiting on to blow up. But of all the weapons you have, I really hadn't heard of him. And he dropped a 28 yard pass perfectly brooks makes the catch and you're like you knew that was going to happen bryce young i mean you knew it was going to happen so everybody knew it was going to happen and you know to me i mean nothing will ever exercise the demons of the kick six eight eight years ago but this was pretty close let's uh let's stay down south and stay in the sec if we may since we talked iron bowl and, and what will go down as historic because it was the first time 
as we had mentioned a second ago, they played overtime. I would like to spend a minute or two on LSU and Ed Orgeron and Max Johnson and this team who say what you want about Coach O, and a lot of people do. You can't take 2019 away from him. You can't take away possibly the greatest college football team ever assembled. And you can't take away the fact that these kids from the second LSU parted ways with Coach O, and he wanted to stay and coach through that these guys fought for him every single game of the way. There may have been one in there that didn't look too great, but they did it against Alabama and they did it again last night, beating Jimbo Fisher 27-24 and sending Coach O out a winner. He said he will not coach in the bowl game, but what a game that was. What a tenure it was for Coach O. And, and now LSU tries to find out who, what, when, where, and why is going to take that job. Yeah, and, and this was the sweetest for a lot of reasons. It was the, it was the final one in Tiger Stadium, but it's it's also the one that uh, was against the guy who has literally haunted him from day one. Uh, LSU wanted Jimbo Fisher originally. They ended up with, with Ed O, and they wanted him again. Uh, and many believe it was part of the reason they decided to, to cut bait with, with Ogeron in, in early October. And Jimbo Fisher... Uh, ends up losing that game, his fourth loss of the season. I know he has the Alabama game, but he made a mess out of the finish of the season. Absolute, absolute disaster. And, you know, he's still going to have a great recruiting class. I think he's put to bed the LSU rumors. Uh, they may have named a coach by the time we finish this podcast. But it, but for Ed O, that, uh, you, no matter what you think of him, and there are a lot of mixed thoughts, uh, it was a great, great scene as he – gave his final go Tigers at the end of the game. Yeah, look, he is he is Louisiana through and through, and he is unabashed about it. And what he did there, if 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 Paul and and, and again, I, I love your perspective on this. If I'm Texas A&M and I hire Coach Orgeron, which again, a lot of us were kind of like, well, you're LSU. Like you just hired a position coach to be your head coach. I sit here this morning saying LSU got their money's worth out of Ed Orgeron. He did exactly what he needed them to do, which is win a national championship. I thought maybe after 19, he would sustain that success, but I also know his history as a head coach. And ultimately that's going to come back. And it did, but I don't think there needs to be any hard feelings from LSU's perspective. I don't think there needs to be any hard feelings from Ed Orgeron's perspective. He's a local kid. He's a local Louisiana man. He got them a national championship. Everybody parts ways and rides off into the sunset. And I think everyone should be happy. No, and you know you have to remember, Matt, as we as we close this story down here, he was in. He was really hired as an interim coach. A lot of us did not think he'd last. He, he would be hired permanently. Uh, and, you know, and he, and he had he had mixed success. Uh, but ultimately, Tom Herman uh, said no, and Jimbo said no, and uh, Ed Ogeron ended up getting the job because he was cheaper. And I'm not even sure LSU thought he would be there for more than a year or two, but uh, it worked out brilliantly. And you know, Ed, Ed O will be part of that program forever. Jimbo Fisher is an interesting 
case in, in contracts and money as are James Franklin and Mel Tucker who capitalized with flirting with the school. All you got to do is flirt with the school. You don't even have to slip in the school's DMs. You can just kind of look at the school and maybe like smirk and smile at the school before you get your extension. And Jimbo's getting paid all the money in the world. I don't think all the money in the world is content with an eight and four season. I know there were injuries, but this was a team that many people ID'd as the SEC West champion. They did their part taking down Alabama, but eight and four, I don't know if that gets it done. Well, you can't do what I'm about to say, but if you did, if you, if you, if you slipped in uh, a win over someone other than Alabama and took that off the board, we would be having a healthy conversation about Jimbo Fisher's trajectory. But when you beat Nick Saban, uh, it, it tends to uh, give you a, a little wiggle room. But, but yeah, I think, I think the important thing for Jimbo Fisher is he, he does have recruiting going his way. Uh, and you know, last year they did finish fourth in the country, which, which with the expiration date on that is today, yeah, uh, that no longer really matters. Yeah. I mean, we saw in Gainesville, three straight new year, six bowls and a shootout with Nick Saban of the sec championship just a year ago, gets you fired. It's, it's a, it's a hard knock life out there in the sec as a coach. And so you mentioned Jimbo's got recruiting going. The one thing I do find a bit odd is that he is a quarterback guy. I mean, he had Kellen Mond. Many would argue whether or not Kellen Mond was the guy for his offense, but he's yet to have a quarterback. And I think that falls on the head coach, especially if you're a head coaching a head coach that that covets and trains quarterbacks. So Zach Calzada stepped up admirably when admirably when uh, Haynes King uh, went down. But we'll see what Jimbo has in these recruiting classes. See if that can ultimately turn into a um, a successful season in terms of winning the SEC West. Quickly before we move on from all of this this area Lincoln Riley shot down the LSU coaching rumors following Bedlam last night. That'll be my transition to Bedlam in a minute, but he said, I will not be the next head coach at LSU. So Paul, if we know Billy Napier is the leading candidate at Florida, if we know that Lincoln Riley's not going to do it, if we know that some of the other candidates have decided to stay at their schools, Mel Tucker, James Franklin, I mean, Lane Kiffins, I, I don't know what the hell he's going to do, but what do we know about LSU that, there's, I don't know who, who is it? Well, Scott Woodward is on the clock right now because uh, he needs a coach and he needs one within 24 hours. You can't waste much time. Uh, you still hear Dave Aranda's name, uh, even though he's reportedly getting a new deal. Who isn't getting a new deal, Matt? And, and beyond that, I don't know if there's a surprise because, uh, you know, you, you don't know if, 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 he, if he can go back to someone who maybe we thought was off the board but I thought it was interesting that Lincoln said that, and and the, and I I you know I I cannot believe Lincoln Riley would say that just to say it. Uh, there's no there's no reason to. You can uh, you know, Mark Stoops' name is out there as well, but with all due respect to Mark Stoops, uh, I I don't think that's the whale that we all gave Scott Woodward credit for bringing in, is it? No, and that's I'm reading some of the social media on it right now. It's just people putting the Lincoln Riley story to bed with LSU credible reporters, not just like Larry LSU two, five, four and the meshes boards. <laughs> you know, those guys, LSU, 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 Twitter, tiger bait 24, you know, those guys linger. Um, I just, 
it goes into the coaching cycle thing. And I say USC as we, and by the way, if USC hires a coach today, Paul and I are going to take the day to rest. We'll just put it out on social media. Yeah, we don't care. We, 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 yeah, we've, we've come back a couple of times. We said, we joked that uh, even Nick Saban can retire today <laughs> and we're good. We'll talk you about it tomorrow. find about it in some other medium. <laughs> USC doesn't have a coach. Matt Campbell was rumored to be the leading candidate. But again, all of these big time, Virginia Tech, where are the names? LSU didn't get into the coaching vacancy pool to just bring in a, oh, oh okay. Who is it? I, I, I mean, unless he legitimately, Paul, swings for the fences and convinces like Dabo Sweeney to say, hey, you know what? You're, it's done it. It's done it. Why don't you come play with the big boys out here in the SEC? I, I just don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, and I find this well. Well, the one thing about the clock now we're 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 almost noon uh, Sunday Sunday. Uh, it's all happening. Uh, I, I spoke to a major agent this morning. Uh, who it's funny he wanted to he wanted to make sure I understood that he represented Mel Tucker and not Jimmy Sexton. So let's, oh okay. Uh, let's, so let's let's make sure Duly we noted. Uh, yeah, Neil Cornage, uh, and yeah, I think I think I mistakenly said uh, Sexton a few because we just assume Sexton represents everyone. But that 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 this is the day to keep your eye on. Uh, I know we're talking about what's on the field, but today because by tomorrow you you're going to start seeing press conferences uh, because this has gone on long enough. And if you're LSU or if you're USC, uh, Florida, there's no you don't have to wait any longer. Uh, your time is now because the recruiting cycle is under two weeks now. Yeah. So you have to make, you have to start making decisions. So uh, I'm, I'm not ruling Woodward out at, at LSU. I, I think he's, he's run into a few brick walls, but I still think he, he knows the pressure's on. So you don't know who he goes back to, Matt. That's all I'm saying. So I had started this conversation with Lincoln Riley, officially turned it down and saying he will not be the next head coach at LSU. That comes after Oklahoma loses to Bedlam 37 to 33 in a game that Oklahoma State stayed the course down nine, came back, used a or Oklahoma used a safety and a punt muff to take the nine point lead. But Oklahoma State, steady as they are, came back. They took advantage of an Oklahoma turnover uh, on special teams to get the win 37 33. They were already in the Big 12 championship game, but now they knock Oklahoma out. Their season in terms of Big 12 championship and playoff are over. Oklahoma State Baylor in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma ranked the last night. Baylor also a highly ranked team. They go into that Big 12 championship because of stuff in front of them. But now Oklahoma State, well, they were ranked eighth, Baylor going in. So now you have win against 10th ranked team, Oklahoma State. If you beat a top 10 team next week, Oklahoma State's in the college football playoff, and they should be if they beat two top 10 teams two weeks in a row. I have to think so, Matt. And you know, they're counting on Alabama losing. And so, so what is it, where does that leave us? Uh, you know, we, we know Georgia's in. Uh, we, we know, uh, you know, we, we're assuming Michigan. Michigan's in. Uh, so then, you know, Cincinnati and, and, the, and the Big 12. And, and that's why, you know, people keep you know, promoting Notre Dame for that spot. It's hard for me to believe that. Uh, they're sitting at home this weekend, which is their own fault. Yeah, they, they could. I'm sure there are numerous conferences around this country that would say, come on in our pool. The water's warm. I think they could have won the, I think they could have won the ACC this year, don't you? 
they could have won the ACC going away, uh, which, by the way, congratulations to Wake for clinching the Atlantic. You get Pitt in the um, in the ACC championship. But, yeah, right now you got Georgia. Let's give Georgia the win. They're in. Let's give Michigan the win. They're in. That's two. You've got Cincinnati and Houston, which is going to be a good game. Houston's ranked. It'll be good for Cincinnati's resume. So Cincinnati gets the win. They're in. That's three. At that point, yeah, Oklahoma State, one-loss conference champion, two top 10 wins to end the season, I think that would be an easy moment for the committee. Now, if you have a little bit of chaos and let's say Baylor beats Oklahoma State, so Oklahoma State's got two losses, Baylor's got two losses. Let's say Alabama loses, they've got two losses. And let's say, so that would be Georgia undefeated, Alabama two losses, Cincinnati, oh, you would need Iowa to beat Michigan right. to really cause some chaos in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, there's a couple of wild scenarios. Even you, you could add an upset of Cincinnati and then, then you really do have chaos, but I think these are highly unlikely. And I think everybody, uh, you know, if Alabama wins, then it becomes even more problematic, but uh, I don't, I don't know who, other than the usual, well, Nick Saban's the head coach. It's hard to get excited about that probability. Yeah, and you know what's funny about this week's rankings? I mean, they don't really mean anything going into no. championship weekend. No. But if, if 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 I were to sit here and tell you this week's rankings meant something, I'd put Georgia one. I'd put Michigan up at two. Absolutely. I would keep Alabama three. And I'd well, you know what? You can't move Cincinnati over Alabama because I still don't believe there's anybody that believes Cincinnati is better than Alabama. I'd start giving Oklahoma State a lot of conversation and respect. Even though they do it ugly, they win. I'd, they definitely need to be up above Notre Dame, who's good, it's at six, and they're 11 and one. This week's rankings are going to be interesting because the penultimate rankings tend to give you a window, even though everything's going to play out. Uh, man, there's going to be a lot to watch next week in a championship weekend. I would assume SEC Nation, you guys, you guys still take the show on the road. You don't do anything from like the Charlotte studio. You guys will be there in Atlanta. No, no, yeah, we're we, uh, we're we're joining everyone else in Atlanta. Come on down. Is that uh, is game day going to Atlanta as well? I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, although oh, so I, I, I was I was a little surprised by them. I thought uh, they might uh, go Big Twelve, but I it's don't gonna be a big the, party then down there. I don't make those decisions. Send everyone my best. And so when you when you <laughs> well, look at championship weekend, you've got Baylor, Oklahoma State, that's seven versus eight right now. You've got one versus three. You got five versus sixteen. You got seventeen versus eighteen, Pitt and Wake Forest. Paul, it's all out there this weekend. It is. Uh and I, I will say uh we'll make a few predictions here, but I I just can't imagine next week rival. I mean, there's you cannot rival what we just got through watching, Matt, over the last couple of days. Uh, this is uh uh, I know we always lament this part of the year, even though we're and that only in college football do we start lamenting the regular season as we head to the playoffs, but the playoffs are so chaotic. Uh, I understand the fans' reaction. Yeah, I just I can't remember a time, and you had said it starting. I mean, Egg Bowl just kind of kicks it off, but the North Carolina, North Carolina State, the game that I called on Friday, that was bizarre, weird, and fun. The Iron Bowl was the same thing yesterday. LSU, Texas A&M, Bedlam was amazing. There was so much good football this weekend. The game between Michigan and Ohio State, and I find it fitting that in a year where we kind of came on here and joked around that we really know nothing, 
The picture is starting to clear up a little bit, but would you be surprised whatsoever if Alabama, the version we thought we were going to get in week one through three, showed up against Georgia in the SEC championship? Well, they're back in the same building. They had one of their breakout games. Uh, and I remember uh, one of our colleagues saying to me after week one, just go ahead and give Alabama the trophy. But I would be surprised, and, and I haven't missed too many Nick Saban big games uh, since he arrived in 2007, but – I just don't – I think this team has lived on the edge so many times. What we saw Saturday in Auburn was similar to – it wasn't identical uh, because they, they had to hold off Florida. But we, we saw that against Texas A&M. We saw that against Florida. We've seen this pedestrian team, uh, even though they're, they're, they have the best quarterback in the country, too often. I say pedestrian. Here I go. I'm going to get yelled at by Nick Saban for being self-absorbed. But they look pedestrian, and they're still one of the two or three best teams in the country. That, that's just the standard that they have there. They'll need a lot to happen in front of them uh, to still have an opportunity if they were to lose again in the college football playoff. They would need a really, really close that, loss game. When he, I would say yeah. that not that Kirby Smart needed a template to how to go after Alabama, but Derek Mason gave him the game plan Saturday. Uh, just, just bring the house. And even uh, and the house from, Florida, from, from Georgia is going to be significantly more dangerous than the house from Auburn. How – dialed in. I mean, this is Kirby's moment. Yes. I mean, you get to take down the yeah. king. You had a chance in the national championship a few years ago, then Tua to Devontae Smith happened. Paul, this is it for Kirby. This guy is under so much pressure by Georgia fans because he's got five stars coming out of his pants. That was probably a little too That's graphic. Okay. Five stars coming out of five stars coming out of his ears. And this is it. This, this is the one. And for those who say out there, well, it doesn't matter. They're already in. You don't understand Kirby Smart. Uh, I, I, I can promise you Kirby Smart was screaming his lungs out for Alabama to win that game Saturday. He did not want Alabama limping in to the Georgia Dome. He, he, he got what he wanted. He got a smiling Nick Saban uh, for coming from behind to beat an, just an average Auburn football team. Uh, and and now he has them where he wants them, and you know he's he's into perfection. Uh, and this team, I mean, they just go out. It doesn't matter who they're playing. I mean, Georgia Tech was, is a terrible team, but they just destroyed them. They they don't take days off, and they're not taking a day off against Alabama because this is this is an exorcism for Kirby Smart. Uh, the demons of of, of, of Tua to uh, Devonte the next year, if you remember, in eighteen, Matt in the same game. Uh, Kirby Smart, I think, had an 18-point lead and just threw yep. it away uh, against an Alabama team. And that's not happening in his in his mind uh, going into this game. They might be having a full padded practice as we yeah. speak. I mean, because Saturday wasn't it against Georgia no, Tech. They, they, they want to. They want to. They want to fight. I mean, they, they they cannot wait. And I wonder about Alabama. I mean, Alabama uh, emotionally has to be pretty spent. And I realize that sounds crazy, uh, but they, they have been on a run. Uh, you know, three of the last four weeks, Alabama has barely gotten by uh, four of the five of the last uh, weeks. They barely got by Tennessee. They almost lost to LSU. They had they had a, a, a New Mexico state thrown in there. They had to hold on against Arkansas. They came from behind against Auburn. That is not a good template for beating Georgia. I understand we're going to get the SEC biased stuff that ESPN sure. always gets, but I'll leave you. We'll leave you with this, Paul. LSU all-time team in 2019. 
People thought last year's Alabama undefeated could be an all-time team. Now you have Georgia sitting at 12-0 and with an all-time defense. Say what you want about the SEC overrated this, that, and the other. If Georgia were to finish this thing off, you're looking at three years in a row with undefeated national champion teams from the SEC that you could attach in some way, shape, or form all-timers. Yeah, you, you can say that 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 LSU team, best offense, best quarterback, whatever. Last year was perfect, uh, short season. But this defense, and and, I, and every time I run into a Georgia fan, they say, well, yeah, I'm worried about the safety position. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. But we didn't. We haven't mentioned this yet. They got their uh, they got their best offensive player back this week. Uh, and, you know, he didn't play a lot, but George Pickens is there, and you know, he he is a game changer. Uh, and that's not, they really haven't had a lot of that on offense this year. It is going to be so fun. I cannot wait. I don't know what the podcast schedule is, but I do know we will have one more uh, following championship Sunday uh, heading into the college football playoff rankings, which we'll have to make some adjustments to this schedule based on, I'm sure, all of our schedules next week um, being a part of, of selection day, I would think in some form. Uh, so, Paul, it's going to be fun. Yeah, what a what a regular season we had. Right, the headline. As we uh, wrap up today's episode, as we write the headline, how would you write the headline for the regular season? I would, I would, I would be very succinct. This was the greatest regular season I can remember. Uh, I, I know there have been years, '07, I think, when all these crazy things happened at the end, when you know countless teams lost or, 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 or even later in 11 and 12. But, but I, I have never seen a season that we anticipated more, Matt, because of COVID and the pandemic, that we probably enjoyed more and that we, we were left breathless almost every Saturday. I, I would, yeah, I would think a good word to describe this season would be finally. Finally, we had something where we all thought we knew what was going to happen. And aside from Georgia, we've had an opportunity to see so many different outcomes throw this sport into chaos. Finally for Jim Harbaugh, finally for Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State. I mean, there are so many outcomes now, finally for a group of five team. And it all plays out to the final weekend of the college football season. Paul, it's been fun. Uh, so we have an accord. We will not come back if there's coaching news the rest of the day. No, no, I'm done. Will we have – let me ask this one more hypothetical question. Will the LSU decision get a Paul Feinbaum, oh, my gosh, when we talk by next week? Possibly, but let me add one caveat to that. And I, I as I said it earlier, I didn't think about it. But let's, let's say it is Aranda. We may not know. He does have another game. So uh, I, I will say this in conclusion about Scott Woodward. I, I think he will, he will – I don't know whether he'll bring in the great white whale. I still think he'll bring in a big fish. <laughs> and I have no earthly idea at this hour who it is. But I, I, I have every faith that, that he is – he may look like he is, uh, he is swimming right now uh, in a deep pond, but I, but I still believe he will get his man. Yeah, and oh, by the way, when you look at uh, some of the coaching vacancies around the country, Dave Aranda is from Southern California. He's also a guy that they've tried to target. So 
We'll see. It's going to be fun. There will not be an emergency podcast out of us. We will, we will entertain you via social media opinions. You're just going to have to go old school and go to Twitter. Uh, for Paul <laughs> Feinbaum, I'm Matt Barry. Hope everyone had a happy, safe, and lovely holiday weekend. Don't forget Swaggio and Perkin ESPN podcast. Let's buy namesake host Spears and Perkins with new episodes every Tuesday morning. They bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey with can't miss conversations. That's Swaggo and Perk. Listen, wherever you get your podcasts, also available on ESPN's YouTube channel for Paul Feinbaum. I'm Matt Barry, but a regular season that was here on the ESPN college football podcast.